Father, we just thank you that you are so much a part of our lives. We thank you that we are alive in Christ and Christ is very much alive in us. We give you glory and honor today as we come to worship you, to sit at your feet, to love on you, to acknowledge you, to enjoy your presence. Father, we thank you that in you is our strength. And because of you, we have strength. And because of Christ, we have already overcome the world because of his victory in us. Come on, church, if you believe that, give the Lord some praise. Give him a shout offering. Give him some thanks. You know, you often hear me say when I'm preaching or throughout a service that we start life at the finish line. That Jesus and what he accomplished on the cross, when he said it's finished, he indicated that we are now complete in him when we are believers and followers of him. Our victory is past tense. I might have fights that will rise up tomorrow, but my victory is past tense. Jesus has already won the victory for you and me. The greatest hope that I have, aside from one day being in heaven with my Father, my eternal Father, is the fact that every day I have victory in Jesus, through Jesus, because He had victory over the enemy on the cross. Hallelujah. I want you right now to think of any struggle that you have faced or are facing, any battles, and I want you to put them at the cross in your mind's eye, in your imagination. And I want you to say, this is how I fought my battles. I give them to Jesus, and I'm gonna give him the praise for the victory. Come on, everyone do that right now in your mind and say, this is how I fight my battles. I give them to Jesus, and now I'm gonna praise him for the victory. I praise him for the victory. Come on, start to praise him. I thank you, God, I am an overcomer. I thank you, God, that I am victorious. I thank you, God, that everything is under his feet and I have been lifted up. Come on, put your hands together and give him a shout of praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. You know, that's a, a very, very significant key and principle to understand. If we start life at the finish line of the race, I don't have to worry about how I'm going to compete or how I'm going to complete Jesus has already taken care of it for me. And whatever storms might come tomorrow, and they will, just like Jesus said, it's impossible for offenses not to come. Now, I know we like to be ultra positive, but Jesus was also real. He said it is impossible for offenses not to come. So storms will come. 
but they will not blow me in their desired direction. My feet are on solid ground. If you are in Christ, your feet are on solid ground. And storms might come and hassles might blow against us, but in Christ, we are more than conquerors through the one who has already conquered the enemy. I think it's very important to talk to the devil based on the fact of our already received victory in Christ. You know, when the devil wants to bully you, you need to remind him. What do you need to remind him? You need to remind him of who he is. Jesus said, the enemy of this world is already judged, sentenced, and condemned. And one of his condemnations while we know that at the end of the ages he will be thrown into the lake of fire forever and ever, but one of his condemnations, one of the sentences he has to serve here on earth, while he harasses other people, one of the sentences, the condemnations on him is, the sons of God are no longer under your feet. And when they come in my name, Jesus said, they have all power and all authority over you. You see, it is written in the spirit. It is written in the blood of Jesus. It is written in the word of God. It is written in the annals and the decrees of the spirit world. Satan and all of his hosts understand that at the blood of Jesus, even from the mouth of an infant, the enemy must drop his cause, rest his case, and be silent. Now, if he could dupe you into believing that you don't have that authority, if he can dupe you to believe that when you say in Jesus' name, it's not working, if he can deceive you in that deception, in you believing the lie, you forfeit. That's why we fight the fight of faith. The fight of faith says, this is what the Word of God says. I don't care what my circumstances look like. The Word of God says, devil, you are under my feet, and I am victorious in Christ Jesus. He has been judged. Yep, go on. Come on, give the Lord a praise. He has been judged. He has been sentenced, and he is condemned. And so I like to remind the enemy, hey, 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 hey. Understand, the devil likes to remind you about stuff that you did long ago. Stuff that's under the blood of Jesus, he likes to remind you of that. And when we allow him to slap us in the face with pictures of things that we've already been forgiven of, it defeats us. It depresses us, it drags us down, even though in God's records, it no longer exists. So he can take something that is a fantasy of the past 
and use it to unnerve us, unsettle us, and even demoralize us. How much more as sons of God, we should take something from the past that isn't a fantasy, it is a present day reality, and that is that Jesus is King of Kings and Lord of Lords by virtue of the fact he has defeated Satan and all of hell, hallelujah. And if a lie and a fantasy can demoralize us, how much more the truth of the fact and the reality of the power of Christ will cause the enemy to have to scurry away and stop. You see, you and I need to be full of assurance and confidence and faith of who we are in Christ. And so first I remind him that he has been judged He is sentenced and he is condemned. And part of his condemnation is that at the name of Jesus, he's got to shut up and bow down and back off. The other thing I like to remind him of, since he wants to remind me of a past that's been taken away and it's no longer mine, I remind him of the reality of who I am in Jesus Christ. I know who I am. Am I perfect? No, I'm not but Christ is. And I constantly, especially in my struggles with the enemy, I see myself stepping inside of Jesus. And when I speak to the enemy, it's not I who speak. Yeah, it's my mouth, but I come in the name of the Son of God, Jesus Christ. A little shepherd boy named David came and faced a giant of a man. He held the whole nation of Israel in terror. And David came and he faced that giant. He says, I come in the name of the Lord of hosts of heaven. And in that sense, David was a type of Christ. He models for us a picture, the image of a son of God being a warrior, not a worrier, a warrior. And we see ourselves when the enemy's harassing you. Come on, step into Christ, see it visually. And now from inside of Christ, in his name and in his power, you speak to your enemy and say, let me remind you, you have been judged, you have been sentenced, and part of your condemnation is that when I speak the name of Jesus, you will bow your knee, you will shut up and you will back off. You may have the roar of a lion, but the lion of the tribe of Judah lives in me. Amen. Amen. He's our victory. Praise God. So why don't you, whatever you've struggled with, whatever the enemy wants to torment you about tomorrow or the future, take the fear, take the worry, take the issue, and you put it at the cross where it's finished. It's finished. Any plan that the devil conceives even tomorrow, I take it even now to the cross and say, devil, your work is finished. You can't, you can't, you have no governmental right to harass the sons of God. You may belittle and pick on the people of this world. 
And I might live in this world, but I'm not of this world. I belong to another kingdom. I belong to the kingdom of Jesus Christ. You can't pick on me. You can't push me down. Because the one who is inside of me won't be pushed down. Come on. That's how you got to talk to your depression. That's how you got to talk to your rejection. That's how you got to talk to your sickness. That's how you got to talk to your circumstances. You know, in the world, they'll teach you self-talk and they'll teach you motivation. And their motivation, its source, is positive thinking. I want you to understand that you as a Christian need to self-talk, but you self-talk yourself based on what the Word of God says. Why? Because the Word is spirit and life. Jesus said, my words are spirit and life. You see, when human people self-talk, they, number one, are getting their mind now onto positive things rather than negative things. And with the thought of positive pictures in their head from the words that they say, it releases a chemical reaction. Endorphins go to work and it literally will lift your mood and to a degree increase your potential of performance. How much more? When I self-talk to myself based on words that are spirit and life, I don't need the release of endorphins. I need the release of the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost will always accompany the Word of God. And when we speak the Word of God and speak who we are in Christ and believe it, the enemy knows we believe it. You've called his bluff. You know, a good poker player, and I'm not advocating gambling, but a good poker player isn't good because he knows how to always get the right cards from the deck. He's good because he knows how to play circumstances. And when he has a weak hand, he plays the circumstance and knows how to bluff. You don't have to bluff. You don't have to play poker. You just have to know that the cards are in God's hands and you've already got the victory. Come on, church. Come on, church. Come on, give him a shout of praise. Give him a shout of praise. Amen. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. If you didn't realize, I'm preaching to you. All right, we get so caught up, a sermon's got to look like the musicians sit down, we open our Bibles and let us pray. Uh, no, a sermon is this right now. This is how I fought my battles. And sometimes we preach by what we sing. Sometimes we preach by what we confess in song. And, and, and I know sometimes, you know, people come late because they're not into the praise and worship. I want to tell you, listen to me. Just keep playing what we were playing because I'm gonna take them there. I want you to understand there is power in praise. There is power in giving glory to God. There is power in looking at the storm and saying, thank you, Jesus. Not because Jesus sent you the storm, but because Jesus is gonna take you through the storm. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I get the upper hand. This is how I take hold of the victory that is already mine. 
I know how to lose the victory. I focus on the problem and let it affect my emotions and my imagination. Your imagination is what you project into the future or what you think of from the past. I know how to get defeated. I know depression. I used to struggle with depression. I went home from work as a young pastor, so depressed, a sleep, sleep uh, came over me and I'm sitting in my living room floor and I could hear demons laughing and muttering and talking behind me. And I felt this weight of heaviness. I couldn't get myself motivated. I couldn't get myself lifted up until finally I kept getting into the Word of God and I started to understand key principles. I wanna tell you, God has given me the ability to be free from depression because He showed me how to use the Word of God. This is how I fought my battles. I take the Word of God. I could look at present realities and look at the things that the devil is telling me and I can go to negative places and I could become undone. I could be a worm, but I look at what the Word of God says. You see, the problem in the Garden of Eden wasn't that they ate the fruit. The problem started with the fact that they listened to the Word of Satan rather than listening to the Word of God. And we could look at the mess that has come into the world and say, well, I'll never do what Adam did. Every day you have a choice. Will you see and hear and act on the Word of God or will you see and hear and believe the Word of the enemy? This is how I fought my battles. And so the best way to get into a positive frame of mind, I start to praise God for God. I start to praise God that He's wonderful. I start to praise God that He's awesome. I start to praise God whether I feel like it or not. It's not about feeling, it's about reality. It's about facts. How did we get one of the most uh, stupendous miracles in my family's life and that is the raising of the dead of our granddaughter in the middle of the reality of machines that have gone quiet and could no longer register even oxygen in her blood we lifted our voices and continue to praise God there comes a time where you stop praying and you put your prayer into faith gear and you just start praising God. God, I thank you. You're good. You're good. You're good. I thank you, God. You're good. And what happens is in the midst of an atmosphere of praise, the enemy cannot stand. He can't stand it when people are getting big on God, when people are high-fiving the Holy Ghost, when people are praising Jesus, when people are shouting how wonderful God is. Listen, I know none of us here have enemies. I know no one here has anybody that they can't stand to look at. But if you did, and people were around you and they're your good friends and they start talking about how wonderful that person is that you have trouble liking, does it make you feel good or does it grate on you? It grates on you. Now, I know you don't know from experience, but you know because other people have told you. It'll grate on you to the point where you want to extricate yourself from that situation. Let me tell you, you start praising God, demons won't stay for the party. If it's your party and you're going to cry because you want to, they'll sit down and have dinner with you. In fact, they'll have dinner on you. 
But if you stand up and say, you know what, I'm gonna praise God. Though things, though the fig tree doesn't blossom, I'm gonna praise God. Though everything seems bleak, I'm gonna praise God. Turn to somebody right now and say, I'm gonna praise God. Come on, turn to somebody and say, I'm gonna praise God. Listen, if you want to understand, if you want to know how to level out your life so that you don't hit the low lows of life, you see, if, if you've ever struggled with depression, you'll understand you could go really low and you could go really high. Well, I have this distinct advantage now in my life because I still go really high, but I don't go really low. He's leveled out the valleys, but he's allowed me to enjoy the mountaintops too. Amen. Amen. So I am preaching. I understand we got music going and the musicians are up there, but I am preaching. I'm preaching to you. And I, this is one of those sermons where we participate. You know, in, in the liturgy of certain churches, the priest will say a phrase and then the people respond. And it's well rehearsed. Well, anytime I preach, you could, you could amen me and respond, you know. You can say, good preaching, Pastor Rob. But we're going to practice a little bit of liturgy for a moment. I want you to repeat. You see, I'm preaching, but now you're going to respond and you're going to preach too. And you're going to say who you are in Christ. You're going to say, devil, you have no right over me. I am born again, washed in the blood. I am set free. I believe I am who you say I am. Come on, you remember that? I believe I am who you say I am. Come on, say it again. Okay, now, I want you to say, devil, I believe I am who God says I am. If I could get you to do this on a regular basis, devil, I believe I am who God says I am. And start telling him who God says you are. If you struggle with depression, get the word of God in your mouth, get it in your mind, it'll get into your heart, and it'll get into the atmosphere, and there ain't no devil that's gonna be able to hang around between you praising God and you exhorting yourself in the Holy Ghost by the Holy Scriptures. How do I lift myself up? With the Holy Word of God. I come into agreement with God. Do you know what depression is? Coming into agreement with the negative thoughts going through your mind. That's what depression is. You want a spiritual analysis? You, 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 want, you want a spiritual doctor to give you an understanding of what the disease of depression is? It's coming into agreement with all the negative fears and all the negative imaginations that are tucked away inside of you. And the best pill I could give you is the gospel. Amen. The word of God sets us free. It cleanses us, it washes us. Then the blood of Jesus is my legal right to tell the devil, you can't bully me. Get out of here before I start bullying you. And the best way to 
bullied the devil and beaten him around the ears and start praising God. Amen. Start lifting up the name of Jesus. Start telling God how much you love him and how awesome he is. So I said, we're gonna practice a little bit of liturgy for those of you that come from, you know, more orthodox or traditional religious backgrounds. Here, I'm doing this for your benefit. I want you right now in the middle of my sermon, I want you to, whether you sing or you just say it, this is how I fight my battles. Whether you sing it or you say it, this is not part of the worship service, this is part of the preaching. Are you hearing me? Yes, Turn to somebody, come on, look at somebody and say, this is part of the preaching. I might sing it, I might say it, but it's part of the preaching. This is how I fight my battles. I remind the enemy that he has been judged, sentenced, and condemned. And I have been redeemed, set free, and exalted. My name is written in the heavens. Come on, church. Come on, church. Give him a shout of praise. Aside from the gift of having Christ in your heart, if I could give you the keys of life that'll always cause you to land on your feet, if I could give you the keys of life that will always put victory in your hand and in your pockets, if I could give you the keys of life that no matter what, cards are dealt, what circumstances you have, you could bounce back and have a smile on your face and excitement in your heart because you understand you're not just a world changer, you're a circumstance changer. If I could give you that gift, how many of you would line up and sign up for that gift? Well, I'm going to give you that gift. This is the gift. Understanding how you fight your battles. Look, some, uh, can I get really honest? Uh, that wasn't enough. All right, we're gonna close the service. Can I get really honest with you? Or do you, listen, if you want me to just play church, I won't get honest with you, and we'll just speak fairy tales, and we'll all go home the same way. But moving in the spirit is about speaking truth, whether, it's truth we want to hear or not, but it's truth. And if you're smart, if we're wise, we want to hear truth no matter what it looks like. Amen? Amen. Do you want me to speak the truth? Yes. Okay. I want everybody to repeat after me. I promise. I, promise. I really promise. I, really promise. I am not going to take offense at what Pastor Rob is about to say. If something inside of me gets stirred up, I'm gonna recognize it for what it is. It's a spirit of darkness. And I will not receive it. I will not dance with it. I will not come into agreement with it. I will not shake hands with it. I will rebuke it in Jesus' name. All right, everyone look at me. You just made a promise, so I'm gonna tell you. Depression, 
The reason why so many Christians struggle with depression is because in some kind of way, I'm not saying everyone, but this is some of the manifestations, we actually enjoy the pain. We actually enjoy the self-pity. We like the misery. We, we like the fact that we have something to tell people to show them how miserable we are. Look, I have the right to say this because I used to be there. You see, I had such an inferiority complex. I had such, such inferiority from childhood. My oldest brother was the really, really smart one. My second oldest brother was the, the really, really cute one and the one with all the charisma and character. And you know who I was? I was the really, really sick one. I was always sick. And so I'd hear my parents dote on my oldest brother, David, and talk about sending him to, to college. I hear my parents talk about my second oldest brother who had long curly eyelashes that would make most of you women envious. By the way, he's completely bald now. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. And I'm only kidding, I'm only kidding, I'm only kidding. But he was the one with all the charisma, the character and personality. I was the kid that was always being dragged out the front to get healed because I was so sickly. And so I knew how David got attention from my parents. It was his brains. I knew how Joe got attention from my parents. It was his character, his personality. He was bubbly, he was lively. I knew how I got attention. And so, while I had no control over being born a sickly child, I started to work the gift that was on me and it wasn't a gift from God. And I started to, as bent as it was, I liked the negative attention I got. I liked mom doting on me, even if it was for the reason of, oh, well, I'm sick and I'm not well. And I had to come to a place where I stopped liking that. I don't want you to put your arm around me because I got a really terrible, sad story to tell you. I don't want you to be my friend because I'm so beat up and broken. I need somebody to tell my story to so that you can say, oh, poor fella, I'm praying for you. I had to disengage from that and say, you know what? I don't want that. I don't want self-pity and I don't want pity from others. I know who I'm meant to be in Christ and I wanna stand up in who I am in Christ. I don't wanna wallow in the negativity and sometimes we are so desperate to be accepted that if the only way to be accepted is by being the victim all the time, then we'll put on the victim. That will open the door and give you a propensity for depression. It will. It will. The victim is often the self-incurred victim. Not always, but often. And that thing, that, that victim spirit will hang around with a spirit of self-pity. And self-pity will always hang around with a spirit of depression. It will. And I have the right to say it because I had to get set free from it. And if you struggle with any form of fear, inferiority, um, or rejection, self-pity is probably in there and depression is in there as well. 
Demons don't come packaged one at a time. They are stronger in a group. And I had to face my demons and decide, I am either gonna be who Jesus says I am, or I'm gonna be the little boy who got all this attention because he was sick and he was broken. And uh, that's how we finally got some kind of attention. So, anyone take offense? then don't feel sorry for yourself when there's a whole book written about why you should be happy for yourself. Amen. Did you hear me? There's a whole book written about why you should be happy for yourself. You know what the Bible says? I'm chosen. I'm chosen, you're chosen. If you've asked Jesus Christ in your heart, you've just become chosen. You've just become a son of God, a daughter of God, a child of God. You are a co-heir with Jesus Christ. Co-heir. Everybody wants to win the mega millions, $500 million, yay! Guess what? I didn't have to win it. I am a co-heir with Christ. And soon, eternity will turn off the lights on this finite system and we slip into hyper gear and we step into eternity and you're gonna see all of my riches that are mine forever and ever and ever. And I'm gonna see yours because we're co-heirs with Jesus Christ. So I said, I'm gonna get you to preach with me. Liturgy, I'm gonna get you to respond. This is the sermon today. You know, they talk about the spirit of Christmas the spirit of Christmas is giving and getting. Well, here's the spirit of Christmas. Christ died to render powerless the works of the enemy. For this reason was the Son of God made manifest. For this reason, God came forth as a human being and was born in a manger to destroy the works of the evil one. Now, whether you need healing of your mind, healing of your emotions, you need deliverance financially, you need a miracle in your circumstance, or you don't need a miracle, you're just happy, I'm gonna ask you to step out of your seat, come on down the front, because this is as much preaching as I'm doing today. I actually, I actually wrote a sermon, I gave it to Matt. I'm not preaching it, this is the sermon. This is how I fight my battles. I said, if I could give you the key so that you always land on your feet, would you want it? If I could give you a key that will always turn the darkness of night into the brightness of day, would you want it? This is the key. Learning how to take the Word of God and fill your heart with it and let it be your reality and focus on that. And then zip into praise and everything else will start to change. I have gotten more victories by standing on the Word of God than anything else in my entire life. And I have gotten more results by stepping into praise based on the promises of God than anything else. So right now, this is church. We have about 15 more minutes. 
I want you to step out of your seats. Come on down the front. Let the Spirit of God fall. We're going to break out into a spirit of praise. I'm telling you, I believe that people will get set free from fear. I believe people will get set free from condemnation. I believe people will get set free from demonic words that haunt you and taunt you. I want you to praise like David praised. I want you to shout. I want you to dance. I want you to clap. If you're not a singer, then I want you to just shout. I want you to talk. I want the shout of victory to come out of your hearts. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is victory. Come on, you're an overcomer. Let the devil know you're an overcomer. You are victorious in Christ Jesus. You're not who the devil says you are. You are who Jesus says you are. Amen. Come on now. Lift your voice. Talk to the devil. Rebuke the enemy. And get into the spirit of praise. This is the Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Shatarabasirie. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Yeah. Shatarabasirie. Come on. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Now listen to me. Deliverance is going to happen. Now nobody's head is going to do a 360. That's Hollywood. Deliverance is going to happen. I said deliverance is going to happen. I believe it. Now listen to me. You all know what it means to have a pet peeve. We've had pet peeves. Maybe you still have pet peeves. We don't realize that many times through certain attitudes and dispositions that we have acquired through life, we've actually befriended demonic activity in our lives. Now, if you saw the devil, you'd be going, oh, no, 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 no. But in our attitudes and our dispositions, sometimes we dance with our demons. I didn't plan to say any of this stuff, so... uh, you, you wanted a Holy Ghost moving service, so that's what happens when we let the Holy Ghost move. If a spirit of fear, if you struggle with fear, any kind of fear, I don't care if it's the fear of spiders. I, I, had, a, I had fear, any kind of fear, you name it, I had it. I was a pastor's kid. I had to get delivered from a spirit of fear. And God set me free from a spirit of fear. And after I got set free from major fear, I mean, I used to wake my mom and dad up. (laughs) Yeah, any kid does that. No, no, no. At 13 years old, I was afraid to sit on the toilet bowl at night. That's right. I was afraid to get up from my bed because somebody was under my bed. Fear, inferiority, and rejection, they were my Lord and Master. I was born again, but they tormented me. And the only reason why they were still there is because I gave them the ability to stay there. You see, I'd I'd be so afraid. Fear, if, if you've ever struggled with fear, you'll understand what I'm about to say. Fear has no logic. The, the things we fear are often illogical. And so, even at 13 years old, if I had to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, the house would start to look like a Christmas tree. I would turn every light on from my bedroom to the bathroom, and then I would look down the toilet bowl to see if anybody was in the bowl. I had this fear that somebody would come and get me. Now, I know, it's crazy, it's stupid. I wasn't a six-year-old, I wasn't a seven-year-old. A spirit of fear overrided my sensibilities. It overrode my logic. 
And so I would do things to accommodate my fear. I would make sure that I wouldn't do things or go into scenarios that would cause me to be afraid. And I had to stop dancing with that demon. I had to face my demon and tell him that I am now taking my life back in Jesus' name. I did. I really did. I had to look him in the eye and say, where I would be afraid to walk through the dark and go to the bathroom, I'm not turning the light on. I am not going to bow to your thoughts in my head. I will not be afraid. The Lord is my strength. The Lord is my help. Where inferiority used to talk to me. Rejection used to talk to me. I was a pastor. I was overseeing 12 churches in Australia. I'd go to our pastor conferences, 3,000 fellow pastors and wives and workers. And in my head, rejection would talk to me. And they'd say, they're laughing with you, but they're not laughing with you. The story you just told them, they're laughing at you. Everybody thinks you're stupid. And, and before God, I believe, that was my reality. And I would struggle with so much depression until I learned how to fight my battles. If you don't think there are demons, you are mistaken. And if you don't think that maybe your quirkiness is just a coincidence, you're mistaken. The things that cripple you, there is a crippling spirit behind it. Hello? Everything that stops us from being normal is some kind of vice, some kind of torture instrument from the enemy to bind us up. It's Christmas time. Where's Amy? I asked her to wrap up a Christmas present for me. That's not it. Uh, but you know, I could give you Christmas gifts. They don't compare to being set free from a problematic issue of rejection or fear or inferiority so this is Christmas I'm giving you Christmas gifts Jesus Christ came to give gifts to men the first gift is salvation if you've never asked Jesus Christ into your heart you must be born again you must ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart You've been born of the flesh, now you must be born of the Spirit. You must, Jesus said, you must be born from above. Born again, born from above, in the Greek it's the same word. Anothen. Ano comes, is the word above. Anothen is to be born from above, to be born from God, you were born in the natural, you're born again now. You're born in the Spirit. That's the first gift. If you struggle with depression, ask the Holy Spirit to identify the key things that will get you in a depression. It'll start with some kind of negative thought. I understand psychologists will tell you or psychiatrists will tell you it's chemical imbalance. I want to tell you that whether there is a chemical imbalance or not, you get into the Word of God and it'll alter your chemistry. You know, when it comes to relationships, people believe in chemistry. Oh, we're going to get married. We've got chemistry. Five years later, the chemistry's gone and they're divorced. I want to tell you about a chemistry that'll never change. It's in the DNA of the blood of Jesus Christ. 
And sometimes we dance without demons. We shake hands without demons. We have pity parties without demons. The things that cripple you are usually demonic. Jesus came to destroy the works of the evil one. Knowing who you are in Christ and deciding you don't want to go to that party anymore. You don't want rejection to talk to you anymore. You have to fight it here with the Word of God and the Spirit of God. And that spirit that talks to you, that spirit that literally makes you feel it. Can I explain something? Having been delivered of quite a few things. If a person has a spirit of lust, you will see through the eyes of, the, of a lustful spirit. And you will feel the emotions of a lustful spirit. If you have a spirit of anger, if you have an anger issue, you will hear through the ears of anger, you will hear, see through the eyes of anger, and you will feel the emotions of anger. Now, we all get angry. I'm talking about an anger issue. Are you hearing me? There's a difference. I don't want you to leave here thinking, oh, we're all possessed. No. Come on. There's balance in the Word of God. But can we have strongholds in our life? Yes, we can. Jesus said, the prince of this world is coming, but he has nothing in me. Oh, I want some of that. In fact, I want all of that. I want to be able to say, the prince of the world is coming, but he's got nothing in me. Hey, dude, you got nothing here. Shut up. Talk to the hand. Nothing in here is going to respond and cooperate with your words. You see... Sometimes our physical sickness comes from the fact that we get attention. Now we're all wired differently. You got to ask the Holy Spirit how you're wired. What's the root? I'm, I don't want to have church. I don't know who's here today. There's a lot of visitors. For, I'm going to put aside the fear of maybe offending somebody. We don't do church. We do Christianity. We do the Holy Ghost. Ask the Holy Spirit to identify the things that bring you into depression. Ask the Holy Spirit. Rejection. I had this major problem with rejection. You could say something positive to me, I would hear it through the ears of rejection. In other words, that spirit would reinterpret what you're saying that's positive, and somehow I'm going to hear it with a negative slant. Am I talking to anybody here? This happens all the time. We take offense, and offense isn't given. But this little devil in our ears, he's got a stronghold in a part of our life, and he makes us hear it along the lines of what will trigger us. And if you allow yourself to be triggered, you're dancing with your devil. You gotta learn how to say, shut up. Everybody say, shh. We got some children here. I'm a professional, don't do this at home, I'm kidding. Uh, everybody say, shut up devil. Now, he's the only one you have the right to tell to shut up. But you need to practice that. Say it again. Shut up, devil. Shut up, devil. 
No, I want you to do it with more emphasis, with more authority. How many of you have ever been really angry? I want to say the P word. How many of you have ever been really angry? Okay. Now I want you to say it like that. Shut up, devil. He has been head banging me for so many years. Now I'm going to bang his head with the word of God. Now come on, do it again. Do it again. Shut up, devil. What's the use of me opening up the Bible, flipping through pages and preaching to you if I don't get you doing this stuff? This is preaching right now. It may look totally different from how we normally have church. Doesn't matter. The Holy Ghost is here. We're concentrating on the Word of God. God is here. And we're giving you keys to have victory. So I got to a place where I had to stop agreeing with my devil. Oh yeah, they don't like me. Yeah, I understand what they said. They're they're making believe that they like me, but what they said really means this, this, and this here. They're rejecting me. They don't like me. Shut up, devil. Shut up, devil. Shut up, devil. Listen, how many of you ever noticed sometimes when I'm preaching or I'm leading a service or sometimes I'm praying for somebody and I say, shut up, devil. How many of you ever seen me do that? Only three, four? I do it a lot. I guess they don't like me. <laughs> I do it a lot. Why? I could be in the middle of a service and that stupid devil wants to bang my head with some negative stuff. So everybody say it again. Shut up, devil. In Jesus' name. Now do this. I rebuke you, devil. By the authority of Jesus. Get out of here. I didn't invite you to my party. And I'm not going to sit down and break bread with you. Listen to me. Fear, inferiority, rejection, jealousy, the spirit of offense. Listen to me. Some of us have actually, we have a stronghold of offense. There's a spirit of offense on us. It is rampant in our nation at the moment. It's a strong man. It's changing our culture. It is. It is a demon. It is a spirit of offense. It's changing our culture and it wants us to change our language. We've got to become so politically correct. Now I understand there's a right way to say things in a wrong way, but we become so politically correct, we're confused. We're in bondage. Not every comment is a racist comment. I was nine years old. I went to Australia and I remember the first day going to school, me and my brother, we were just dressed like normal Americans, all these little Aussie kids from the Australia, from the English Commonwealth, all had gray shorts on, long socks with the color of their school as a ribbon around the top of the socks. They all had their little jumpers or little sweaters and their white shirts. And they saw these two kids walking with pinstripe pants. And they started yelling, Yankee, go home, Yankee, go home. In America, I was a day go. In Australia, I was a Yankee. 
Now, if you're gonna, if you're gonna harbor a spirit of offense, you might as well shut up shop because you're always gonna be depressed. There is a spirit of offense. Offense can be given, but sometimes we take offense and offense wasn't given. That's a demonic stronghold. And I'm not going to be a puppet on a string to anyone. I got one amen. I'm not going to be a puppet on a string to anyone. Are you? No. So you need to talk to your demons. If it's fear, talk to fear. If it's jealousy, talk to jealousy. If it's anger, talk to anger. If it's lust, talk to lust. If it's lying, talk to lying. Oh, but if I don't weasel out of this situation, uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to be in trouble. They won't like me. Man up. Man up. You don't want a spirit of lying. Jesus said of the Pharisees, you're of your father, the devil, who is a liar and a murderer from the beginning. I'd rather face the music and not have a spirit of lies hanging around me. I want to embrace the spirit of truth. You cannot walk in revelation and be friends and a partner, a dance partner with the spirit of lying. You want to walk in revelation in the word of God, you can't also have a pet spirit of lying around you. They are opposites. They will not walk together. The prophets complain, they have eyes but they see not, they have ears but they hear not. If you practice lying whenever you're in trouble, you are pushing away the spirit of revelation and you are having cookies cookies and tea with a spirit that is demonic. I'm being honest here. You already promised me you're not gonna take offense. I'm being very honest here. I am a little bit tired of seeing Christians walking on crutches when they should be walking in victory. I sure didn't plan any of this. So I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to talk to you and show you what is the root. If I have depression, what's the root of it? What sparks me? Why do I get offended? When a person has a spirit of offense, this is how you, one of the ways you can identify it. Oh, I'm really, really angry with Don here. Really angry. And I'm angry at him for a month or two. And then we sort out our differences. But now I'm really upset with, uh, with uh, Betsy. I'm really upset with Betsy. And I'm angry at Betsy for a couple of months. But then we get past that. And now I'm really angry with Jan. It's a spirit of offense. You're going from one offense to another, to another, to another. And so if you always have somebody in your crosshairs, there's probably a spirit of offense around you. And what you need to do today is say, I'm not dancing with you anymore. All that, all that talk I hear in my head, and it's been there for years, and you know it's been there for years. You need to say, stop, no, no, no. No, you don't have a psychological problem. You know, you're not a split personality. You might be broken hearted and you need stuff healed, but you're not wacko. 
My brain, the devil used to use my brain as an amplifier, and he used to have conversations with me all the, all the time. I never had to go to a psychologist or psychiatrist. And if you're a doctor here of psychiatry, I'm not preaching against your profession. I believe it, especially if you're a born again uh, doctor of psychiatry. But I'm telling you, the Bible says, be transformed by renewing your mind. Let the word of God get in here. Take all the, the C word, take all of that garbage, all that poo poo out of your head and put the word of God in there. This is how we fight our battles. I'm giving you a Christmas gift. It may not feel like it, but I'm giving you a Christmas gift. So when fear talks to me, I say, shut up. Fear, you're a liar. You don't own me. I don't talk with you. You shut up. I'm doing the talking. You're the one who needs to be afraid because I have authority in the name of Jesus. You're the one who's gonna be thrown in the lake of fire. My name is written in the book of life. It could be the fear of negative outcomes. Now, whatever it is, I want you to talk to those things that affect your personality and your character. And I want you to throw it off. Throw that devil out of your house. So I rebuke you, shut up. You're not gonna control me. You're not gonna control me. You're a lying spirit and all you wanna do is rob from me. You wanna steal, kill and destroy. I am a son of God. I am a daughter of God. I'm a child of God. Shut up and get out of here and go back to hell where you belong in Jesus' name. Now you're allowed to say that to demon. You can't say that to people. You can't tell people go to hell. There's power in your words. But you can tell the devil to go back to hell. Are you hearing me? All right? So if it's sympathy, rejection, depression, self-pity, any of those negative things, talk to it. As we start to sing, and I'm gonna conclude here, but as we start to sing, this is how I fight my battles, everyone will be singing. You could talk to your demons and tell them, we're parting ways here today, right here. I'm gonna walk out of this place set free. I'm delivered in Jesus' name. I'm not taking your BS anymore. Hello, hello? You know what BS is? It's all the stuff you believed before the Holy Spirit. Okay? You're gonna stand on the Word of God. Are you ready to tell the devil where to go? We're gonna sing. Those of you who need to address issues in your life, address them. And uh, you could start by singing. You could address them halfway through, whatever. But address your demons and tell them to go in Jesus' name. Come on, folks, here we go. Now listen, rebuking the devil is only one part of it. Jesus gave the illustration of a house being swept clean. And then that demon goes out to arid places and it comes back and finds an empty house swept clean. You gotta fill the house up and you fill it with the word of God. The area that that stronghold manipulated in your life, if it's fear, jealousy, rejection, inferiority, you take the word of God that corresponds to those emotions and that attribute 
and start filling your heart, filling your mind with what the Word of God says about you. God hasn't given me a spirit of fear. See, when fear talks to me, I say, shut up. We got to go down this road again? Okay. God hasn't given me a spirit of fear. I will not be afraid. God has given me a spirit of power and of love. Rejection, you didn't voice up yet? Shut up. You don't have anything here. I don't have rejection. I have the spirit of love. The spirit of God's acceptance lives in me. I am His beloved. The same way I love my kids, God loves me even more. The same way I would lay my life down for my kids any day, any week, my father laid down his life for me. I am loved. Rejection, shut up. You don't have a place here. Fear, shut up. You don't have any right talking to me. I don't have a spirit of fear. I have the spirit of God's love in me. And I have the spirit of power. And I have a sound mind. No, I'm not losing my mind. Don't dance with your demons. Oh, I'm losing my mind. Oh, I'm going to go crazy. Oh, I can't help it anymore. I'm going to have a nervous breakdown. When you do that stuff, you're sitting down and breaking bread with a demon. You think I'm kidding. You don't think I'm... I'm serious, but I'm also right. I'm going to have a nervous breakdown. You just invited a demon to sit down at that table with you. I can't take this anymore. I'm going to commit suicide. I, I just can't. I can't cope. I can't cope. A spirit of anxiety is going to sit down at that table. Now, the things that would make me say I can't cope, when those thoughts start filling my mind, shut up. I can do all things through Jesus Christ who strengthens me. I am an overcomer. Don't tell me I'm not going to cope. I am more than a conqueror. <coughs> devil you're a conqueror but I am more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ thank you Jesus don't, don't invite the spirit of anxiety at your table there are a lot of ways to break bread we could sit down and have a bowl of pasta we could just walk down the street and have a conversation we're breaking bread Sometimes with our thoughts and our words, we break bread with demons. Don't break bread with them. Put a guard at your mouth. Tell those devils, shut up. You used to play this record on my head. You're not playing it no more. You hear me? There's a new record. It's the Word of God. I am washed by the blood. I am set free. I encourage you. I encourage you. I encourage you. Whatever's been your weakness, in Hebrews 11, it talks about the great heroes of faith. And this is what it says, Adele. I love this scripture because it's talking about me. It says, whose weaknesses would turn to strengths. How did they get into the hall of fame? They had weaknesses. But they allowed their weakness to be turned to a strength. What's the area of mental and emotional weakness in you? Take the Word of God and see what the Word of God says about you. We already know the devil has an opinion. And you've already probably believed it and, and ascribed to it and repeated it to yourself. Out with the old, in with the new. What does the Word of God say about you in that area? And now you need to come into agreement and break bread with Jesus, the bread of life.
You see, there's a phrase in the, in the New Testament that talks about the washing of the Word. We need to wash ourselves with the Word of God. I believe I am who God says I am. Do I look like a person who's bound by a spirit of fear? Not anymore. I used to. I used to be so apologetic and so full of inferiority. But that's gone. I know who I am in Christ. I have confidence in who I am in Christ. And sometimes demons will come and they'll sit on our shoulders because they put a suggestion in our head and we entertain it and we think on it and we party with them, we break bread with them and, and they're welcome there. Don't let them be welcome. You're a son of God. I want you to be free. I want you to be different. I want you to understand who you are in Christ and flex those spiritual muscles. So repeat after me. God hasn't given me a spirit of fear or inferiority or rejection. Perfect love casts out fear. I have perfect love. God loves me so much, He died for me. And if he died for me, he will fight for me every day. He died for me when I was at my worst. He loves me even today, even when I fall in sin, when I make a mistake, he loves me, he loves me, he loves me, he loves me. You see, the devil wants you to play. He loves me, he loves me not. He loves me, he loves me not. I play that game. He loves me, he loves me, he loves me, he loves me, he loves me. Who are you? Who are you? Well, I can't help it. Grow up. Yes, you can. I can do all things through Jesus Christ. I'm going to take accountability. I chose to do that. I repent. I'm sorry, God. You have put power inside of me. I don't have to fall for the devil's lies. I don't have to do that stuff. I can overcome alcohol. I can overcome marijuana. I can overcome the need to hide behind drugs. I can overcome pornography. I can overcome anything. I don't have to do that. I don't have to lie. I don't have to do anything. Stop selling yourself out. Say to your demons, you don't own me. Come on, say it. You don't own me. I have been bought by the blood of Jesus. I have been set free. You're not going to bully me anymore. In the name of Jesus, I already have the victory. I am a child of God. My name is written in his hand. Those nail scars, those nail scars are the imprint of my name. He died for me and he fights for me. I am the righteousness of God by faith in Jesus Christ. I am not a sinner. I used to be a sinner. Now I am a son. And the power of sonship is in me. I am born again. And I look like him. I smell like him. 
and I act like him. Shut up, devil. You don't own me. You're not gonna kick me around. I am a citizen of heaven. I have rights. I have power. I have authority. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Christmas is about the fact that God sent his son to set us free. How many of you feel protected somewhat by being a citizen of the United States of America? Somewhat, okay? 10,000 times more, you should feel protected because you're a citizen of heaven. There's a legal way to get into heaven. There are walls. There are boundaries. You can't come in illegally because people who come in illegally haven't been transformed, they haven't been changed, and they're gonna try to mess it up. The devil doesn't have the right to come in, put those walls up and say, no, you don't have the blood of Jesus. We're gonna close. If you've never asked Jesus Christ in your heart, you need to do that today. I know, we're gonna take the offering. It's low on my priority list. It's high, to, it's high on my list to give, but the gospel first, thank you. If you've never asked Jesus in your heart, right now, I'm not even gonna say everybody close your eyes. You either understand what you're asking or you don't. And if you're gonna to be too ashamed to raise your hand, then. You're not ready for it. You don't understand the gift. How many of you here want to ask Jesus Christ in your heart? Raise your hand right now. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Who else? Did anyone raise their hand over here? Thank you. Proud of you. Can I pray for you guys? Awesome. Come. Come here. Sir, my name is Rob. Okay, I know I've been talking a lot, okay? But Christmas is the fact that God really wanted to have relationship with us. And he sent Jesus because we're all screwed up. We're all messed up. The world is, is it's screwed up. You don't have a spirit of offense, so you can't get offended at that phrase, okay? God so loved the world, he wanted to fix it. But he can only do it one person at a time. And he starts to fix us by getting us in right relationship with him. The Bible says we've all sinned. No sense trying to put on our holy garbs. We've all sinned. I've sinned. I've screwed up a lot. I've messed up. But when I acknowledge that and I humble myself and I come to Jesus, he accepts me. He accepts me. I don't have to try to look good enough. You know, sometimes... As young girls, we want to look good enough so we catch a guy's eye. Not with God. He takes us as we are and says, I know who you are and I love you. Amen. And that's what's important. So let's ask Jesus in our heart. Everybody repeat after me, but especially you guys. Repeat after me, God, I believe you love me. I accept that love. I believe you became flesh in the form of Jesus Christ. 
And I accept you, Jesus. I'm asking you to come into my life right now. I need you and I want you. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins and take me out of the kingdom of darkness and bring me into your kingdom. I give you my life, Jesus Christ. And I receive your life right now. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Father, yeah, go on. Thank you, Jesus. Touch me. Holy Spirit. I put the blood of Jesus over each and every one of them. I thank you for the blood of Jesus. And I speak to strongholds and break them now in the name of Jesus. Devil, you have no right. You have no legal constitution on these people. But in the name of Jesus Christ, I allow the Son of God and the Spirit of God to come into their hearts right now and for them to be born again now, now. Sins forgiven, yes, yes. I thank you, Jesus. You heal the brokenness of our hearts. I thank you, Holy Ghost that you're coming into their hearts in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I'm proud of you. I really am. I'm proud of you. I, I don't know if you're at, from out of town or what, but if you're local, keep coming. Let me teach you. And I tell you, this whole life with Jesus thing, it, it, it'll just it'll change your life so much. How many of you can agree with what I'm saying? Is that the truth? Absolutely. It's not about religion. It's not about church. It's about actually coming in a relationship with the big guy, you know? We don't want to know about him. We want to know him, see? And that's the difference. I know about President Lincoln. He was a good guy, but I don't know him, and I never will. But I don't want to know about Jesus. I want to know Jesus. And when you ask him in your heart, that's the beginning. You're giving him permission to come into your life. God bless you. Give them a big round of applause again. God bless you. Amen. Amen.